0: Okay, everybody wants good love, that's true, I know. Derrick Jones about to break it down with the Relationship Gumbo. Welcome to the podcast, ain't no doubt we all need this, ayy. Cause better relationships need better ingredients, ayy. So if you want better relations, it's about communication. Finding love, staying together, we all want to make it better, yeah. Derrick Jones, the host, your relationship coach. Thank you all for tuning in, Relationship Gumbo.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Relationship Gumbo Podcast. My name is Derek Jones, and I am your host. I'm a certified life and relationship coach, an engineer, a strategist, and a mental health advocate. And today, our topic, it's all about criticism and fighting in relationships. Um, Your fighting means something. We may not know what it means. It may be a way that we fight or we we resolve conflict that's kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction and we don't really realize what it means. So I am going to hunker down and give you guys the meat and potatoes of what these different types of things that we do when we're in conflict with our significant other. could be a family member, but conflict in general. And, and because this is a relationship show, we're going to focus on relationships. Um, so... Where I'm going to pull this information from, uh, there is an author, but he's also a relationship coach and a researcher. His name is John Gottman. And what he has determined is there's, there's four critical areas where we kind of drive and derive how we react to people when we're dealing with conflicts. And he calls it the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? these things either either singularly or together could cause the demise of a relationship. So we don't want y'all to break up. So we, so I'm going to give you some things so that you can understand you're going to see yourself in this, right? I'm going to tell you this now, you're going to see yourself and, or somebody, you know, 2 million percent. So some of this stuff may be triggering. Some of this stuff may be eye opening to you, but either way, We're going to get through this, and I want you guys to really listen close. Please invite your friends. Share this out because this information is critical um, because we all have conflict. Now, I am going to give the disclaimer that all of these things that I'm going to talk about tonight are normal. All of these things that I'm going to talk about tonight, even if you do them or it represents you, isn't a bad thing. It's when it happens in excess all the time. Um, It starts to become a problem because it's not just a thing you do. It's the thing you do. It's all the time. It's a part of who you are. And that's when you know that something has to change. So with using John Gottman's example of the four horsemen, I'm going to read you the definitions of each one. um, And one at a time, we're going to talk about what that looks like in real life and what that could look like in your relationship. So. Starting with number one, number one the way that some people start conflict or even react to conflict is called criticism. And way, the way that he defines criticism is criticizing your partner is different from offering a critique or voicing a complaint. The latter two are about specific issues, whereas the former is an ad hominem attack. It is an attack on your partner at the core of their character in effect, you are dismantling their whole being when you criticize. So this is what that means, right? And I don't even have to read this to know what this is because we see it all the time. Um, and, and some parts of this are really, like Alicia's on here, she'll tell you, some some parts of what I'm about to say, are they trigger the hell out of me. It's when something happens, like let's say um, one, one person in a relationship will say, um hey, you forgot to uh, take the trash out and you know the trash needs to be taken out. That kind of sort of sounds like someone is critiquing something, you know, you not doing it, right? That's a critique. We're not talking about that. That's more of a complaint. Like, I, I I don't like the fact that the trash hasn't been taken out, right? It's a complaint. That's normal where the critique starts to get dangerous is when you say you never take the trash out i don't understand why you never take the trash out so it's a function of a character attack versus attacking the problem what do we need to do to make sure that you remember to get the trash out versus you are incapable of even figuring out what the hell this why why it's so important to take the trash out that attack remember on this show we always talk about when you have discourse sometimes these things hurt and when things hurt people may not necessarily express the hurt they keep it and it stacks over time and then you start to get into a territory where you do not want your relationship to go so when you are complaining about something remember there's a difference between a complaint and a criticism that attacks someone's character because Alicia will tell you I have a big trigger when someone says never <laughs> you never that means my whole body of work for years and decades that's every single time that's not true but if you say hey I would like it if you if you you know if if maybe you need to put an alarm in your phone to make sure you can take the trash out I would rather you give me that than to tell me that I ain't shit Because then we got a problem, right? (laughs) So think about that. As you are expressing your complaints or the things that may need some adjustments versus attacking someone's character. Because this can become a problem if it's done in excess. Over time, over time, over time. You're going to start to build an enemy combatant because they're not going to really want to hear the the complaint because it's always going to feel it's almost like trauma it's going to feel the complaints are going to start to feel like criticism and you don't want to go there if you had a choice to pick which way to go and i know some of this stuff is frustrating to you and maybe the delivery might be off the chain and it's okay because you're human but it's understanding how that delivery could affect your partner and resolving it is where you find better communication skills. Um, <laughs> I read some of these comments. Um, Tony Massey says, you got to fight fair, welcome brother. Hey, Alicia, um, dope discussions is here. Alicia says, never is a big trigger for you. Yeah, never would. I see red when somebody say never, especially at my job, they do it a lot. And I'm like, hold on, man, I've been here 21 years. Never is a long time, stop. Because we're going to have some problems. Erica says, address the issue without attacking the person. Um, Tony Massey says, definitives are a huge trigger. Never, always, every time, and all the time. Yep. You do that to me. It's, you're going to see a totally like this smile going away. I'm like, what? You say, what? Never. So think about that, guys. It has a, it, even though words words become things, um, people always think you, all I said was you never know. It, it's in it's a character attack. To someone that you claim that you love more than anything, we got to be careful how we treat each other. And I know for a lot of us it's a learning curve. We weren't trained how to communicate well with a partner, but you see either in behavior or how that person reacts to you. So we're gonna talk about that. Like we like I said tonight, we're gonna learn some things. Um, hey Tashura. Um, so the number two horseman, and if you're um just to recap, the four horsemen. Of the apocalypse and the apocalypse means the demise of your relationship number one was criticism number two horseman is contempt this one right here i've been in some relationships where this was a thing right i'm breathing heavy for a reason guys um this the definition that john gottman has here is when we communicate in this state we are truly mean we treat each other with disrespect mock them with sarcasm, ridicule, call them names, and mimic or use body language such as eye-rolling or scoffing. The target of contempt is made to feel despised and worthless. Contempt is fueled by long-simmering negative thoughts about the partner, which come to a head when when the perpetrator attacks the accused from a position of relative superiority. Let me tell you something. This right here... When 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 people are in relationships and they say things to pur- purposely hurt you, because maybe there was some other stuff that happened prior. Maybe they're just that person. Maybe you are picked wrong. Right? When this person says things to emasculate you as a man, when somebody calls you names out your name, and they're supposed to be your partner, you call it somebody to be. We well, call it. You call it. I'm a man. You. Call it, you call, uh, you call a man a, a bitch, it's going to be a whole other problem, right? Or here's another thing, and I'm only talking from this perspective because I'm a dude, so sue me. I know it ha- things happen any other way. I know women hear a lot of stuff from dudes. Put it in the comments if you want to. But when you start saying things like you ain't a real man because blah, blah, but I'm your man, then then we got a problem, right? You Your only reason to do that is to try to hurt me. And when we do these things to hurt each other and have contempt, you're doing it on purpose. Whether that's you feeling like maybe you're getting me back because of something that I did. Either way, it does not put your relationship on a trajectory for you guys to last long-term. Because two things are going to happen. When you have this, this right here is just pure. Like To me, you really, at, at this point, I don't see the respect in the relationship when you start calling names and doing all this mean that, that right there. Mm, it, it's I, I've been in these <laughs> and you know how sometimes we get in these toxic relationships and we stay cause we think, you know, maybe it'll get better. Somebody doing this right here, red, super duper, duper red flag. Y'all going to either have to figure that out or get out. Cause it only gets worse over time if you don't address it. Trust me, especially if you're the person on the receiving end and you choose to duck down and take it. Now it becomes abuse after a while, and you got to sit in that. And so we're gonna talk about some the other two horsemen, but it it's um, this one right here. I know a lot of you feeling this one because it hurts. It hurts like hell. And 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 what do you do with that pain? Do you lash out in anger? Do you do you I always talk about people when they are on a certain level in the argument? Do you meet them there? Do you stand down? Do you go higher than them? Make it worse? It's it's a lot of things that go through. And a lot of times people make the decision to just say, you know what? You got it. I'm going to go in the other room. And then the, ne- then the next day, everything's cool. It's not cool. It's not cool. And I thought it was important to break these down because I always talk about how we hurt each other in relationships, but I never really did like a drill down into what it looks like and giving it definitions. So you really got to think about this. You made a conscious decision to be in a long term relationship or a marriage with a person because you love them. You know, y'all hopefully had the conversations and everything looks like it's going to be something that you're willing to work for for long term. That person is the person that you're calling out their name telling them they ain't shit, belittling them, emasculating them, it's not cute. And some people will say, well, they did this to me, so they deserve it. So now we on tit for tat. What does your relationship look? What does your communication look like? Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm staying on this one, uh, purposely <laughs> for a minute. This is what happens. If y'all don't resolve it, there's going to be a lot of resentment. You will have two angry people. And eventually, either you're going to break up you're going to live in a turmoil or somebody going to step out where they can find some peace. Because you remember on this show, I talk about it a million times. Sometimes outside looks real sexy when inside is a combat zone. That's all I'm saying. So why would you want your house to be that place, right? I got, you know what, We gonna, I'm going to have to tag some of these videos because then... When you add all of that trauma in over time, then you you basically I have another show called it's something I th- I believe it's called um, you know you living in a haunted house. You got all of the ghosts of trauma and in in in, in uh, past arguments, past that you didn't resolve. Those ghosts are floating around. Your house don't feel good when you walk in there. You can't relax in a house like that. All that trauma is floating around. So. We're going to go to the third horseman, right? Because I'm not going to be on here super long, but this is going to be probably one of the the most informative shows because I think we've either been been the perpetrator or the recipient of these things, right? The number three um, horseman is defensiveness, right? I don't even really have to tell y'all about this one, right? But I'm going to read the definition. It's typically a response to criticism. Remember, we went up to criticism. You attack my character. I'm going to have to go into defense mode because now you're talking about me. You ain't talking about the problem. So what's up? Now we got to, now the only real thing I'm going to, ha- the main thing I'm going to do to defend myself is now I got to attack you back. I'm a grown man. Now I got to attack a woman and a woman got to attack her man and we in love. Cause you ain't going to talk about me, the character. Because a lot of times in relationships, we both put in a lot. We put in some sweat equity. We put money in. We got time in. You, you talk about this one. You talk about me. We, you remember all the stuff we went me. I'm that dude. Cause I ain't take the trash out or because whatever the thing is on the opposite side, it goes both ways. You attack my character. I'm either going to fold or I'm going to fight you back. Now that argument turns into some hurtful stuff, right? And so I'm going to read this definition. That was just the first sentence. It's typically a response to criticism. We've all been defensive, and this horseman is nearly omnipresent when relationships are on the rocks. And when we feel unjustly accused, we fish for excuses and play the innocent victim So our partner will back off. Unfortunately, this strategy is almost never successful. Our excuses just tell our partner that we don't take their concerns seriously and that we won't take responsibility for our mistakes. So I'm going to read a couple comments. Tony Massey says, they say the best offense is a good defense. And Tashira says, yeah, you start talking about me, we got a problem. <laughs> uh, Tony Watt says, and Tony Matt says, meanwhile, we arguing about nothing. And Tony Watt says, that's when sarcasm is used as a weapon. Yeah. So think about it, guys. Um, there's no good that comes from this. Number one, some of us have had to be in defensive mode. This is, this is where it gets to be, like a real thing. Some of us have been in defensive mode in our relationships so long that even when stuff happens that we shouldn't be defensive about, we automatically there before they even open their mouth because because it's one word or it's a movement or something that feels like something. You get triggered by it and now you're in defense mode. And now, when you're in defense mode, the other person that's bringing their grievance to you, or whatever it is, you don't even hear it. And then when you go on defense mode, you now negate whatever the concern is from the other person because you did it without even being prompted. I need y'all to catch that. Sometimes you can go through so much in a relationship that you react to things that don't even warrant it. And then the other partner's like, why are you so defensive? Well, you said, no, I didn't. You didn't listen to what I said. Well, it sound like you was going, no, no, no. This is why we have to learn to respect each other's positions and hear them out. Because when you do that, now the other person has to go on defense mode too. and nobody hears the other person out. Cuz you know what I used to do? I used to do what I call all lives matter. You bring your thing to me, I go on defense mode and I say, "But you did it too." To negate your concern. I need to make myself feel, "You did it too." So now it should be a wash. You know how they all lives matter. You talk about black lives matter. And they like, no, over here, this, no, we over here. No, we not talking about that. Pay attention. We try to find ways to figure out how we are not the problem. That's why in this response, it says you want to play the victim. We may not, it, It's it, it hurts to call ourselves the victim, but that's what you're doing when you negate somebody else. Let me see what this comment say um dope discussion says (laughs) um everything feels like an attack to sure says i did that itch for 11 years of marriage now i don't argue i'm wrong we will have a discussion yeah dope discussion says walking on eggshells is no fun yeah because if you don't let's say you don't have the contention the other part of it is is that you just going back down and just to keep the peace it still goes all bad because now you're not even able to speak about what your concerns are so we have to learn to communicate better with each other and and a lot of times you're going to need a a, a third party to come and help you figure out where the leak is because you can't see it while you're emotionally involved and you've been fighting for so many years and you don't even understand it's hard to figure out your way out when it's been a part of your it's 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 muscle memory for you to be defensive. It's muscle memory for you that if, you know, I always use the trash example. Let's say somebody didn't take the trash out and you automatically get mad without even figuring out why it didn't get taken out. You just pissed off because you had a plan. This was supposed to be done by the time I got home. Why? Is, why is the person sitting on the couch right now? And then you go into critique mode, right? We're going to hit these things. You never take the trash out. What's wrong with you? You know this was supposed to be done. You don't care about this house. What's the problem? Personal attack. Right? Just hearing me say it, it don't feel good if you was on the receiving end of that, and you're like, damn, we've been together for five years. The hell? But it happens every day. Right, and as humans, we look at our body of work. We like, yo, I just reshingled the roof last week. I did. I didn't cook these three meals, and they talk about. I don't care about this house. Me, right? That personal character attack hurts when it's coming from that person, and you carry it to the next hundred. Arguments. Unresolved. And then we wonder why there's these reasons why people break up. Or And you like, they were so good together. They seem like they got along. It's these little things. I always tell you, these little things become big things when you don't understand what they are. And sometimes these things that we do aren't even because of the person we with. I need you to understand me when I say this. Sometimes these reactions that we have aren't even about this person. It's trauma you carried from the last relationship or the last three relationships. And maybe in your last relationships, the trash was an issue. It was huge. Y'all done had battles over the trash. You get into the new relationship and anything trash related is going to trigger you. I'm gonna need a, i'm gonna need a moment of silence for that one okay i'm gonna read some comments and then we're gonna get to this last this last um this last horseman which is a another big one um <laughs> let me see here um gunterman says when we attack back we deny ourselves the opportunity to hear the why behind it all also you miss out on hearing how you are showing up in situations that helped that helped them to get there yeah Tony Watt says, we have more people than like, it's, hold on. This thing scrolling too fast for me to read. It's the like, oh, <laughs> yeah, please, everybody, please share this. Um, dope Discussions with Erica says, what about when you go ahead and take out the trash and then give him the silent treatment? That's also another form of passive-aggressive behavior. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. This happens a lot. What Erica just said is when you pissed off that the trash getting don't doesn't get taken out, you don't ask the why, you don't have a dialogue about it, you take it out anyway, and then you come back in pissed off and don't even say nothing. And just let it go, and just let it, and, and, the, and the other person looking at you like, you good? And you like, yeah, I'm good. It, it it solves nothing. Because whatever, whatever triggered you to get that pissed off, it, it didn't get fixed. So so what it <laughs> I'm triggered now because <laughs> there's some past relationships. I've had some wars over little stuff. and I had a guest on here I talk about I talked about this this probably a, a few times in some past shows. I had a guest on here that that used to she she said she used to go in on her husband about the trash like like ridiculously so about the trash and she realized one day that she was going at him so hard that it kind of scared her like she was like wait is this really about the trash and she had to kind of you know step back and, and teach herself and tell herself that like why is she talking to her man like that Because we always on this show talk about tone and delivery i don't care which side is coming from male to female female to male whatever it is choose your poison it don't feel good to have somebody raising their voice at you, calling you out your name. It hurts. I don't care how macho you are, you don't want that. And it and it grows over time, that resentment. So um <laughs> Uh, Gunterman says love is patient Love is kind love is long suffering These should be our main response to life disruptions Absolutely So here's the last one here This last one is a powerful one It's one that we see all the time And I know a lot of you are going to identify With this one Um, And it's called stonewalling And I'm going to define it for you And then I'm going to expound on it Because I really don't have to read much on this one We, We see this every day Stonewalling, which is usually a response to contempt. Stonewalling occurs when the listener withdraws from the interaction, shuts down, and simply stops responding to their partner. Rather than confronting the issues with their partner, people who stonewall can make evasive maneuvers such as tuning out, turning away, acting busy, or engaging in obsessive or distracting behaviors. It takes time. For the negativity created by the first three horsemen to become overwhelming enough that stonewalling becomes an understandable out but when it does it frequently becomes a bad habit and unfortunately stonewalling isn't easy to stop now here's the thing about stonewalling right in itself like i said none of these things we, we can say that you should never be or never do because you're human. We have our days. It's when you do them all the time, when it becomes a habit is where it's a problem. So this is what I learned in my research um, from this stonewalling because I really, really needed to understand this um, for this show. Um, and so you guys can, <laughs> so that you guys can understand Um People who stonewall, when they did a study on this, um, this author John Gottman, when they did a study on this and they and they looked at thousands of uh, of people who do this, and they compared them to people who don't. They had what they call physiological flooding, which means everything kind of gets into like a hyper fight or flight state, right? kind of almost kind of like anxiety, like heartbeat racing. They noticed that there was a physiological change to people who try to shut it down. And what they found is when that person shuts down because of all of those physiological triggers, they're doing it so that they can soothe the triggers and they're gonna need time to soothe before they can re-engage so i know um there's a comment about a narcissist that did that too there are some people who use it as a tactic but there are some people who who may not be egregious in this who they have to shut down to calm down the things that are happening to their body right and so whatever's triggering them to stonewall like i said it could be you it could be some other trigger when it happens When you're with a person like this, you have to notice this behavior and understand that when they're silent, it's not about you. It's about calming the physiological changes that are happening. And so you guys know that when some people say they need time and a lot of us don't want to give that time because we want to handle it right now, what you're doing is you're hiding heightening that physiological response and you're making it worse. So in practice, you need to give it some air so that that stuff can come down, so that person can be more reactive to the conversation. So I need for you guys to understand this because if you are dealing with someone that, that has to do this, it's really about understanding the why so that you don't have this combative nature because it could turn into a thing. You keep pushing that person, they're gonna keep pulling away. And then you get nowhere. Because we push, because we think the distance is about us all the time. So if it's about me, I'm going into defense mode. Like what? You don't wanna talk? What? No, we are gonna handle it now. You can't do that with someone that, that has to do this as a coping mechanism to get themselves down so that they can actually have the dialogue so that they can work out. And what you'll notice is, if you give them the time, the turnaround time gets less because they're not running from you as much. So I'm going to talk to a couple of comments here. For a, per, hold on. For a person who has abandonment issues, stonewalling with send you into a panic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. And that's the thing, right? It's so it's all of these nuances, right? If you deal with abandonment issues and then you see that other person separating from you and stonewalling, then it can, in turn, trigger you. And in the end, especially if you know this person isn't going anywhere, for real, y'all both probably need to take some time to breathe. And that should be part of a conversation that you have when you're at a time of peace as part of your rules of engagement as to not hurt each other. I know this about myself. I need time. I need for you to grant me that time. I know that you need to handle it now, but there needs to be a happy medium in the middle so that we do not hurt each other. I need y'all to catch that. This is what you do Along the way is you have to do these pulse and temperature checks To make sure that y'all are not in a space where you're resenting or hurting each other because it turns into a big thing And like i've said on prior shows you can take two perfectly good people that could work together And you take these little things and it destroys it Um, let me see here Um Dope discussions where erica says sounds like two people who are attracted to each other's trauma Yeah Oh, it's 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 a huge population of trauma bonders out there that are trying to trying to push through relationships and not and not resolving any of it. And here's the thing: a lot of people who trauma bond stay together for a long time because they are used to the to the to the trauma and the dysfunction that happens. It it becomes normalized. Uh let's see here. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Trauma bonding is a whole mess to sure says. um, Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, The stonewalling thing, because a lot of us don't understand it, we take it as a slight against us. I'm going to keep saying that. In a lot of cases, it's not a slight against you, especially if the person says, I need a minute and you don't give it to them. Now you're not listening. Doesn't even matter what the issue is. You know, unless it's some super egregious, unhealthy, domestic craziness. You got to listen to your partner. You have to listen to understand. You have to listen to make sure that they get where you're coming from. And sometimes you need to take a breath to be able to make that happen. Um. Yeah, I need you guys to really, I'm going to recap the four um, real quick. And then we're going to get out of here but I, wanted, I want you guys to really like go back and replay this and think about how you show up in your relationships and think about the people that you have dated or maybe somebody you with now. Think about how they show up because this then will lend you into some things that may be deal breakers for you. Because you got to understand yourself before you can teach somebody and show somebody how to love you, right? So some of these things I talked about tonight will sing you over the edge. Either you're going to have to fix some things or you're going to have to find someone who doesn't exhibit that thing that is so triggering to you that makes you want to run for the hills. So it serves double duty. It teaches you what to do in a crisis situation, but it also lets you know that if, if you fall into a situation where it's too egregious, you might need to roll. So... Um, Love Tucker said, it is very nuanced. The one we see easily are abused people staying and defending the one that abused them. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. It, it, that, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> that's a whole nother panel show I'm going to have to have about how we normalize the abuse and the trauma that we deal with in our relationships. Um, and I'm going to have to note that. Um, I'll do a show on that because that that's a whole show in itself. But I do want to, um, um, Kalisha says, knowing yourself requires addressing and acknowledging that we are all traumatized in some shape or fashion. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes it takes a, a lot of us a lifetime. We'll leave this earth before we really even know who we are. And so I implore you guys to really try to figure that out, even if that means going to see a therapist or a coach or something. You're going to repeat the same things that you've always repeated that you hate if you don't figure out the why. Um, Tashura says, I got triggered when someone yelled at me and shut down. Yeah, people do that too. Love Tucker says, Oh man, I missed the whole thing. I got to watch the replay. Um, so I'm going to recap these and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, so the four horsemen four different um horsemen to the to the that could contribute to the demise of your relationship but we're talking about you know basically communication which is one of the the biggest things that we highlight when we talk about relationships not working um dope discussions that one is coming next week toxic love languages we're going to talk about that um next week that's going to be another powerful show um and then i'm going to be hitting up some of you guys for um i which would be uh august 25th i think i think that's a wednesday i'm gonna need a few of you guys to come on there for my 100th show so be uh looking for those for those dms so the 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 four horsemen the first one is criticism it's when you criticize the partner's character versus criticizing the problem um I need you guys to really think about how you how you deliver your your concerns and your complaints to your partner, because a lot of that stuff can hurt, especially when you make them the problem and not the problem. The problem. Right. Number two, horseman is contempt when you when you purposely being mean and belittling and calling name, calling people out their names and care, you know, just assassinating them to to hurt them on purpose. You are in a whole different place when you get there, because now the respect is gone. What do you do with that, right? When you don't respect your partner. That, first of all, (sighs) call me out my name. You got (laughs) once. I don't know if you get a pass on that. Uh, Maybe it's just me, but nah. (laughs) And maybe, y'all don't know, certain certain names you can call me, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a problem it's going to be a problem um defensiveness right we know what this means somebody accuses you of something you go into victim mode and you like no it's you it ain't me no you uh, you did the same thing nah and you defending yourself because you feel attacked but when you do that you're still not resolving the conflict So i need for you guys to really think about conflict resolution versus just normalizing the conflict and and thinking that it's going to go away it doesn't you guys notice we just talked about stonewalling and um you know this is when people shut down they need time and sometimes we don't realize that there's some physiological things that are going on inside them that are heightened and they really need that time. It's not about you. It's not about them running away from the the issue or the conversation. They need time. And sometimes it, that, that conflict or that argument will go on way longer than it needs to, because you keep pushing them to, to, to not detach. And then they just, that, that physiological change just heightens and it keeps heightens and it keeps heightens, And now, they probably gonna go into defense mode because you keep coming at them. So think about these things and how we engage each other. And as you go through, going through the replay, looking up the um the, the author's name is John Gottman. He has a lot of um a lot of different books. Um, but the four horsemen, if you just look up John Gottman, Four Horsemen on Google, you'll see all of this stuff. Um, And then it will expound on some of these things. But this is a key, whether you are in a relationship or whether you may, you know, feel like you may end up in one later or you're currently dating. These are the things that come up with mostly all relationships in one way, shape or form. And now you have the tools and the information to understand what they mean so that you can have these conversations with your partner before the next one happens or before the first one happens so that when it happens when it happens you have things that you know that you need to do to respect and honor each other even when something pisses you off so let me read these few comments and then we're gonna get get out of here but yes i think the 25th which i think is the last wednesday of this month is the the 100th show so i'm gonna try to get a few folks on there with me and i think what i'm gonna do is yeah the 25th is the 100th show i'm i'm gonna make that show the one where i I bring some folks on celebrate the 100th anniversary but also do like the show where i want to do the um relationship questions where y'all don't know what i'm gonna ask and y'all just gonna have to answer them blindly i think that'll be fun but anyway um we're gonna get out of here hopefully you guys have gotten some value from this hopefully you guys have have gotten some clarity to some things that you may have witnessed or experienced and understand what they really mean and hopefully it'll it'll spark some interest for you to, to want to discover more want to learn more so that you show up better in your relationships and you change the trajectory on the path that you're on so on that note I want you guys to make sure that you hit up relationshipgumbo.info website. That's number one. Make sure you come back here every week. Make sure you go to that website, subscribe to the YouTube page, click the bell. Also, make sure that you tune in on Mondays, every single Monday at 8 p.m. for the Real Shop Talk show with my brothers. Um, We do some amazing things on that show and and it's going it's it's going way better than i think anyone has expected and it's going to keep it pushing so we're talking about manhood we're talking about you know building community and this week we're we're going to have three women on the show um and we're going to have a battle of the sexes we're going to talk about these gender wars that are out here and the things that we're trying to push against but just really trying to understand the why We're going to have some fun with it, but we're going to learn some things, too. So make sure you guys come back on Monday. Go to realshoptalk.net. Click on that YouTube link. Click the subscribe and the bell so you get notified so you do not miss it. And as always, make sure you guys have a good rest of your week and weekend. Take care of the old ones, the young ones, and everybody in between. And you guys have an amazing night. And I will see you next week, same time, same place. Have a great evening.
0: Okay, everybody wants good love, that's true, I know. Derrick Jones about to break it down with the Relationship Gumbo. Welcome to the podcast, ain't no doubt we all need this, age. Hey, Cause better relationships need better ingredients, Age hey, So if you want better relations, it's about communication. Finding love, staying together, we all want to make it better, yeah. Derrick Jones, the host, your relationship coach. Thank you all for tuning in, Relationship Gumbo.